0: Radio is an old form of communication and entertainment, going all the way back to Marconi and to Edison's times. Radio has undergone a lot of changes to stay relevant in today's ever-changing market. Today I'm speaking with Ryan Castle, brand manager of Odyssey. This used to be Entercom Entertainment. Portland Market, KGON. Seattle Market, KISW. Ryan Castle on today's episode of Times Like Now. Hello, Ryan Castle. Thank you so much for joining me here on Times Like Now.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm always flattered when someone reaches out uh, and thinks I'm interesting enough to talk to. So, so thank you. This is a good. This is a good uh, ego stroke for me.
0: Well, yes, I think this is a really a, a good step in your career right now at this juncture. <laughs> yeah. To to yeah, need all the, the show. help I can get, brother. Well, it certainly won't hurt. So, uh you are. <laughs> From KISW, as well as KGON in the Portland market, and you are now recently promoted to brand manager of these two radio stations, correct?
1: Correct. Uh, so a uh, brand manager is is more or less a program director, but pr- program director, I don't think, is a great uh, description of uh, the job of the person that manages a radio station in uh, in 2021, because, you know, it's not just managing programming on a radio station. It's it's marketing campaigns, it's it's digital, it's social media um, it's, it's, uh, it's managing the brand that is these radio stations, whether it's KISW or, or KGON in Portland, which are two completely different animals. So, uh, we don't use program director anymore. That's essentially what the job is. It's, it's brand manager now.
0: Gotcha. It's
1: all encompassing.
0: And right? so you are you, you guys used to be intercom used to be, uh, and then yep. it was radio one and now you're going under, uh, Odyssey which for the obvious reasons, yeah. that's the audio. You guys are an audio animal.
1: Right. Right. That was, uh, I, that would happened uh, just recently. Uh, so Intercom originally, however many years ago it was, I'm not even sure, uh, was, was short for uh, entertainment communications. Right. And then uh, we merged with CBS a few years ago uh, and adopted radio.com. Um, and launched the radio.com platform, uh, which which has been great. And it showed um this company's uh, commitment and investment in in digital audio and media. Um, but uh uh Enercom, radio.com, our podcasting uh, companies like uh, uh, Pineapple Street, you know, we r- fragmented in all of these different places. And I don't think it it really it really described properly um, what this company was, which was a, an, an audio company, you know, it wasn't radio, it wasn't podcasting. Um, it wasn't just, uh, you know, world-class events. Um, it was, it was all of those things. So the the powers that be decided, uh, at at one point uh, a few months ago, that it was, it was time to update the name, update the image. Um, and now we are, we are Odyssey. Here we are.
0: Here we are. That's, that's kind of funny. I used to work for intercom, and I had never put entertainment communications together. I didn't know that. I, just, I
1: didn't know dude, that. I just learned that recently myself. I had no idea what that. That's what that was until like a few days ago. It was a conversation just like this when someone said, uh, "So what was Entercom?" And somebody actually had the answer for. It. I was like, "I had no. I had no idea. I had no idea." So
0: I used to take lunch breaks in Portland and go up to the uh, to the tower, to the broadcast tower up in the West Hills. Up in that. Yeah. Uh, at the KGO and tower. Stonehenge. My ex-employer, ex-manager there at the station at KGO. And uh, I used to work there years ago. So, and, and in fact, that radio manager, that, that guy that hired me, my first job in radio told me that radio is like, I mean, he used to warn me. He says, radio is, is an alley, a dark alley full of murderers and pimps and thieves where an
1: honest man will be killed like a dog that sound accurate you know? yeah yeah so that's uh that's a hunter thompson quote <laughs> and he's talking about the music he's talking about the, the 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 music industry and he's he's not wrong i mean radio is an extension of the music industry i don't think it's as cutthroat as the uh as the music business is though at all um but you know i mean some of it applies it can be a dark alley what brought I you think, i don't think uh, i don't think murderers and thieves are, are roaming the hallways at most radio stations maybe thieves what brought you to uh, what brought you into radio? Um you're from Everett, Washington, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the uh the the sweet city of Everett, Ro- Washington. I uh I I was always a radio fan. Um I was the kid that called the radio station when I was growing up. Um I was uh I was the kid that that recorded songs off the radio and like put his voice over them to to record breaks. So you know, I was that kid, and I always knew I wanted to do it. But um, at some point along the way, um, I kind of lost track of that until I was in high school. Uh, my family had moved from Everett to Eastern Washington um, to Yakima, uh, and uh, in my sophomore year, uh, I had an opportunity to join the radio program at the community college there at YVCC, um, and uh, uh, I rediscovered that that passion for this. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of stuck with it, dude. I, 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 I'm the weird kid from Everett that wasn't smart enough to know that this is an awful career decision. Right. And I just kind of, I just kind of went for it and somehow through, um, hard work, great relationships and, and dumb luck. Um, I've, I've ended up here today, you know, um, I just, uh, I liked, I liked Metallica and I didn't like school. So I knew that this was probably for me and I wasn't smart enough to know it was a bad idea, but somehow it worked out, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I did professional radio in the Portland market and in that area for a few years and found it to be a, a great hobby. For me at that time, it was a great hobby. Yeah. And I ended up uh, starting or co starting with a lot of other people, uh, PSU radio station and college radio. And that f- it just had a lot more. I don't know, you could get away with a lot more in a, in a way that wasn't such a. Strict, sure. I could play whatever I wanted to, and I could play. Yeah, you can do whatever um, you want. Two in the morning. Yeah. and
1: You don't have to worry about things like ratings and revenue and stuff like yeah. that. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and that was a lot of fun, and learned a lot of, about it. But I I still got the bug, and here I am, behind a microphone, um, doing doing the podcast thing, and talking to people yeah, I mean, like yourself, uh, who you know. I wanted to get into a little bit about what was your first radio gig, other than that call that the college, like your perf- first professional radio gig.
1: Where? So my my very my very first radio job uh, was I was uh, I was seventeen. 1617 um and i worked for a company called Ingstad Broadcasting in Yakima Washington they had a, a handful of radio stations uh that are now all iheart radio stations as as many th- as many small broadcasters are from that time uh so it was uh i worked for the the rock station which was uh kts cats in yakima <laughs> uh the country there was a country station called kxxs uh kicks 93 and a news talk station that carried all of the local Seattle sports teams, uh, and Rush Limbaugh called uh, KIT. So what I would do is I would work between all three of these radio stations. I would do like um, I would do the overnight on the rock station or something, and then I would do uh, a classic country show on the country station when I was, you know. 17 years old with the hair, uh, green hair down to my shoulders. Um, and had no idea what the F I was doing on a classic country show, um, uh, in the morning. And then I would sleep four hours and then get up and come back and do, uh, run a, a Mariners or a Seahawks game on the country station. And that was probably the first two years of my radio career was like six on six off sleep when you can work as much as you can on, on these three different radio stations and, um, you know, learn production and learn, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they threw at me. I, I just, I just did it. I just did it. And it was, uh, there I met, um, uh, one of my program directors who was there for only three months, a guy by the name of Troy Hansen who's in charge of rock programming for Cumulus now. Um, and the, uh, I think he's a program director at Q one, I in Chicago, um, he was there for three months and, uh, we made friends and, uh, he took a job as the program director at a radio station in Des Moines, Iowa in 1996 and hired me to do, uh, overnights there. So I was the full-time overnight guy in Iowa. So that was my first full-time job after working two, uh, two years, you know, working every single gig I could possibly get at three radio stations in Yakima, Washington. That was it. And the rest, as they say, is his history up and down the dial, just like uh, WKRP? Yeah. But, right. But, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier uh, somehow through, um, you know, hard work and great relationships, um, you know, a guy like Troy Hansen, who I met in 1996 when we were both really young, you know, he hired me in Iowa. And I, uh, I got my following job uh, after that in, in Minneapolis um, at a radio station uh, that he had interned for and, uh, and, and was friends with uh, the people that were in charge there still from, from his internship. And, you know, subsequent jobs um, were sort of like two degrees of separation. So, you know, when you get rolling on this thing, it's very much, it's very much, what you know you need to be good at your job but it's certainly helpful to know know people along the way you know sure I mean, this is a this is a an industry full of full of uh full of friends well really, and and you good know? references you know you leave a good reference yeah 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 but i mean the people i work with here at kisw um and and kgon like you know these these are these are friends of mine these are These are people I love. And if I end up somewhere else, somewhere along the way, and I see an opportunity for them, you know, I mean, that's, that's how it works. You, you throw your buddy a bone, right?
0: Sure. Absolutely. For every dog
1: in the alley. (laughs) Right, right. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's how that worked out. But anyway, yeah. First job, first job, three radio stations, Yakima, Washington, sleeping underneath the conference room table, uh, (laughs) while working lunch at Sizzler. So
0: as you uh, as you progressed and and you know went up the ladder, who was your first interview with, uh, let's say, a rock star?
1: Boy, who was the first one? God, that's a great question. I don't know who the first. You know, I'm going to take a stab and say it was probably um, the guys from the band Seven Dust. I used to do uh, a show. Um so this this is like <laughs> this is so kind of small market Des Moines Iowa radio. I did my radio show every Wednesday from the uh the the dining room of the Hooters in West <laughs> West West Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Dude, it was called <laughs> it was called the Humpty Happy Hour and it was co-hosted by one of the Hooters girls. I'm 19 years old at this time. Ni- ni- 1920 at this time. Um, and, uh, we used to have bands come by and hang out, uh, if they were in town playing at, you know, whatever the local club was super toad or whatever. Um, and I think probably the first one was, uh, Clint and, uh, Lejean from seven dust. Uh, they came by that, that, I mean, if I had to guess it was that one. I still have photos of that, it was the guys from seven dust at the Hooters with the Hooter girl in West Des Moines, Iowa for the Hump day. <laughs> happy hour. That's great.
0: How about the uh, <laughs> and
1: most recently, didn't you you didn't you yeah. did something with Aussie recently, didn't you? Dude, so great story about the Aussie interview. Um so I, I had an opportunity in February of last year like right as covid was starting to take off. Um Ozzy was putting out the new album, uh, with, the, a, Andrew Watt had produced, um, Duff McKagan and, um, uh, Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers had, had, had played on. Um, and so we went to shoot video and, uh, record interviews and basically gather content, uh, for, uh, at Ozzy's house. So we flew down to Los Angeles. So we went to Ozzy's house. We recorded all of this content, excuse me, which was, which was super cool. What a great opportunity. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I didn't feel like o- Ozzy was like in the best shape that day. Um, he, he was, you know, this Parkinson's thing had just, had just broken the story and he was going for like some experimental treatment and it just, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't great, you know, and I walked out of there feeling kind of, kind of, um, kind of defeated. And I felt like, you know, this might be the last opportunity I ever have to talk to Ozzy Osborne, And, you know, I wasn't, particularly happy with the way with the way it went down it wasn't you know it wasn't him it wasn't me it was just you know it just it wasn't there that day um fast forward uh i don't know ten, six months eight months um now it's covid uh and we're working on uh the 40th anniversary of blizzard of oz and ozzy is launching this um uh, it wasn't a television show, it was A&E biography. Uh, I I forget what it was called, but it was like the life of Ozzy Osbourne, right? Um, And so we put together uh, another marketing campaign with Ozzy, and we were going to grab some more content. Um, And I thought, well, you know, cool, here's another shot to talk to Ozzy, get a redo on, you know, what, what I did, I didn't feel like worked out very well the first time. And, and, to back up a little bit. Uh the the content turned out great. You know, we the, the, the people edited it and they made it looking awesome. Sorry. But like when I walked out of there I was just kind of I was just kind of bummed out personally. So, uh so we set up uh, we set up uh meetings with uh with uh, the folks at Epic Records and with with Aussie's people um to like sort out all of the um all of the the things we're going to do um for this uh for this marketing campaign for this 40th anniversary of Blizzard of Oz and for the new uh A E biography. And uh he and Sharon are getting ready to go on vacation. So please send uh you know send some notes what you want to talk about, you know, so we can start hashing these things out and all of that stuff. And I'm like, great, great, great. So I put together a bunch of notes, a couple of pages of notes of what I want to talk about with Ozzy, and I send them over. Um, and then I don't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And then uh, we get uh, we get this email. Um, Look, everyone's back. Let's start to knock this stuff out. Can you get together next week on Wednesday? OK, we'll get together next week on Wednesday. So my assumption is we're going to get to that get together next week on Wednesday um, to like figure out timing for all of these things and start. Checking, checking boxes and getting things done. So, uh, and, and my boss at the time, uh, Dave, he thinks the same thing. And he, he and I are basically the guys that run all of this stuff for the company. And, uh, so, uh, it was in August, uh, when it was very smoky, um, from the, uh, from the, from the wildfires. And uh, I I jump on Zoom on a Wednesday morning, whatever, at 9 o'clock, and uh, I'm I'm on this computer. And uh, it's just me and this other dude when I get into this meeting. And I'm thinking to myself, like like you do when you get on a Zoom call with someone you don't know waiting for a meeting, like, oh, great, now I'm going to have to make small talk. And you want to ask, (laughs) are you wearing pants? Right, yeah. So what's going on? And uh, so he goes, uh, he goes, Hey, Ryan, how are you? And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, Where are you? And are you in Los Angeles? Is it smoky down there? Like we're dealing with pretty crazy smoke up here in the Pacific Northwest. And he goes, yeah, cool. Great. Here's Ozzy. And he like puts down the phone. Wow. (laughs) And and now I'm sitting face to face with Ozzy Osbourne. And I had no idea I was doing an interview that day. Um, And so like panic runs across (laughs) my face (laughs) You can see if you if you had the video, you could see it on my face where I just basically go, "Oh no, like this <laughs> so here's my opportunity to make up for you know what what I felt like was a failure um just back in February, well, and now your um, interviewing and, you know, skills was, will be tested. I was, I was, completely unprepared for it. But so, so Aussie was on that day. Um, fortunately, they had had me send those notes that I mentioned previously. Um, so I, uh, I, I, as I was making small talk with Aussie, I pulled up those, um, I pulled up those notes and we ended up having like a really great, like 25 minute conversation. It was a, it was a ton of fun. And the feeling afterwards was as if you had just barely missed a car crash. Like you saw, you saw tragedy on the horizon and somehow you managed to miss it and you felt really great about it. Yeah. Uh,
0: back to you and, uh, and radio. What do you think about the transition from old school radio? I don't know if you were there in old school radio when there was actual oh, yeah. tape to, to the digital, to the digital format. And now as it progresses again to web and to, well, Sure. podcasting and and what you know internet radios what do you think um,
1: so I, I i mean i was at the tail end of uh tape um in fact one of my first jobs there uh in eastern washington uh they brought in the first uh, digital automation system uh and that was you know whatever 1996 1997 i mean this stuff has has done it's done Great things for radio. Uh, I think um, certainly it's improved the sound quality of, uh, of what you hear on the radio. It's, it's expanded our um, ability to uh, bring people in to other markets that, that maybe uh, we wouldn't have been able to do um, in the past. Uh, so, so you know, I mean, the digital revolution, I, I think every every industry has been touched by the digital revolution um, and and radio is no different. I mean, as far as, you know, streaming and podcasts and all of that, I mean, that's just another step in the evolution of radio. Um you know, we, we recognize that, uh, you know, audio on the internet is a, a, a big deal and it's something that people consume. And we want to be the people that, uh, that create that audio for people. So, um, you know, when, when internet radio became a thing, um, you know, the, the, uh, your local radio station was streaming and, and by and large, um, most of the internet radio that people listen to are their, their local radio stations. You know, you stream your local radio station when you're sitting at your desk, uh, when you're not close to a radio or you stream it on your phone. Um, uh, we are, uh, uh podcast content creators and we have uh, podcast companies, um, you know, just here in, in Seattle alone. Um, we do, um, over, uh, you know, half a million podcast downloads, every single month on our, uh, on our individual shows. Um, so that's, you know, that's one radio station and one market for a company that has radio stations, uh, you know, 240 radio stations or something like that. So, um, I guess back to us being in an, an audio, uh, company, you know, we are, we are here to create the audio that people consume, whether it's over the air or, um, or online or on demand for podcasting or, or whatever, you know, I, I think the, uh, the, the digital part at the very beginning, the, the, the transition from, from tape to automation was just a, a necessity of, of the business. You know, we do, we were playing stuff on, on on reel to real and on and on and on cards yeah carts tapes. which are basically eight tracks i mean it sound like yeah. garbage it's, it's, it's completely an yeah. uh, or you know i can't i can't tell you the you know we started playing cds i can't tell you the there's no fear greater than when you're you're talking on the radio and you realize you don't have a cd in the cd player and you don't have a cd next to you and the cd rack is you know 15 feet behind you you have to <laughs> figure out how you're going to get something to put in the cd player by the time you get done talking yeah
0: oh i do so i mean that I was know that, that one. was I, that I was uh, like that you know. was a
1: necessity and uh and it certainly was was for efficiency and uh and it 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 brought some opportunities that you wouldn't normally have um if you just you know have have people in there pushing buttons 24 hours a day seven days a week
0: sure you you can't stay in in you know in the caveman era yeah. it it has to change, and I remember at that time everybody was swearing like like this is going to be the death of radio it's all yeah. over it's all the people there won't be know and no you know and it didn't work out that way it's just sure. evolved and and it's advanced and it's still a part of that fM signal yeah. is still there, but it's now around the world Have you seen speaking of which uh, brings up have you seen radio I have garden not seen
1: radio garden?
0: You need to look up on your little cellophone radio garden. It is a globe. You spin the Dude, globe. Dude, I have seen this. All yes, around yes, the yes, world, I have seen this. Every green yeah. dot. Every green dot is a city and a, and so a, and a radio station. And you can listen to, to I've been, ago. I've been listening to radio stations and, uh, I've been listening to stations from Ireland and London and Australia. And, oh my God, I went to like Barrow, Alaska and their signal was down. It wasn't putting out yeah, anything. So I, was like, you know? I was like
1: going through, um, going through like rural Russia and, uh, and, and all of that, like looking at all of the random radio signals. I, I did see that a couple of years ago. It's fascinating fascinating stuff so uh uh, one of my favorite things about radio in ireland uh we were there a few years ago my wife and i uh it's not my favorite thing but it's like one of the unique things about radio in ireland at least the radio stations we listen to like at the top of every hour they would still do a quick news break even on music radio stations they would do um local obituaries yes i I heard heard that and And then they would and then they would bust into like, you know, the next Katy Perry record or something. When like I heard
0: that. it, it was it was COVID obituaries, which oh, seemed I, you know, which yeah. seemed, you know, understandable. Yeah, so this, was,
1: this was pre-COVID. This was twenty seventeen that we mm. were in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just part of the format. I mean, I'm sure it's some sort of national broadcast rule or something that you have to have a certain amount of local content and they still do that stuff, but you know, it's, right. it, it, was, uh, it was, it was, it uh, was, it was an interesting train wreck going from that into the latest pop record, you know, thoughts, I spend, thoughts, um, thoughts are with the, uh, the family from County Cork, McDonald's, and now here's Katie. Katie and Nat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent a
0: month in Ireland in 2019. Oh, uh, great. I bet just, you loved it. I loved it. It's amazing. It's
1: so great. It's beautiful. Where's See every time on?
0: I mention it, I I start speaking this the accent the accent starts mm-hmm. coming out. I gotta I gotta there hold it go. down. Um, I went from Dublin South into uh, Tipperary and Cork and Limerick mm-hmm. and uh, the Ring of Kerry. We d- we rented a yeah. two thousand and nineteen BMW uh, because that was the only automatic car that they had. Or that's what they said. And um, this one cost extra. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And did a hell ride through the ring of carry in a brand new BMW. Just terrifying in the rain. The only time it rained the whole time was on some of that drive through the ring of and
1: driving in that country is treacherous. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying.
0: Uh, this is um, the most exciting thing I've done in forever. It was it was great. And then we went north to Galway, and then back straight across the country um, through Athlone because the oldest pub in the world is there, Sean's. All right, like a like nine hundred A.D. the oldest pub Guinness Book of World Records. And then to Belfast, and then I went from Belfast south again to Cork again, and then back to Dublin and out in a month.
1: That's cool. We, we, we spent, um, I think like five days in Dublin, um, and then drove out to the country. So it wasn't the, the Ring of Kerry. It was South of there, um, off of Bear Island. I think it was, I think it was the Bear Peninsula, um, a little town called, uh, Adrigal, uh, in Southwest Ireland. And we had a, a, a cottage kind of, you know, in the middle of nowhere off of a cliff, Uh, looking out over the North sea. And it was, it was absolutely magical. And we spent another five days out there in the country, just in the middle of nowhere, you know, wandering into small towns and into pubs and, and meeting people and, Eating and I drank too much, and we got mm-hmm. rained and we got rained in one day. There was a terrible storm that came in off the North Sea, and we we were stuck in this cottage out in the middle of nowhere for a day. And it was probably the best day of the entire vacation. I was like going to say that absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. It was so. That much sounds fun. that sounds fantastic. That yeah, me, um, me and me and twelve beers and a bottle of Powers Irish whiskey, uh, and my wife and uh, a chicken. I was <laughs> going <laughs> to say, and maybe some sheep some in the rain. Sheep yeah. A lot of sheep. A lot of sheep. Well, thank
0: you so much for for talking with me. Yeah, hey, man. Ryan Castle, KISW, and brand manager of Odyssey. Really, really great to to meet you, to talk with you, and uh, thanks you, for being a guest. Thanks you, for joining me.
1: You as well. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You can now find past episodes of Times Like Now at Spotify, at Google Podcasts, at Pocket Casts, as well as Pandora. I'm Trevor Collins. I can be reached, Trevor, at times like now. Special thanks to the letter J, Cody Robertson, for original music. Thank you again for tuning in, and I look forward to speaking with you next time.